Morning Freedom Center, uh, again, wow, just, just so good, just so good to be together, good to hear worship, it's good to kind of see where we've been, but also see what's waiting for us when we come back. We miss your faces. Um, I want to say right at the very beginning that we are so proud of this congregation for the way you stepped up, for the way that you have, um, you know, just really found needs and filled them. It's a pastor's dream to lead, to serve this congregation it's, it's just a dream. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Open your Bibles this morning to, to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to talk about faith out of Hebrews chapter 11 and chapter 12 today. And as you're finding that in the Word, as you're opening up your paper Bibles, or your electronic Bibles, or your iPads, or your computers, um, I just, I just want to uh, remind you of something. Maybe I haven't seen a lot of it lately, but, I, but I, when I was a kid, it seemed like every day that I was watching TV, there'd be this obnoxious noise that would come on, and it would be ah, ah, like an alarm clock. Ah. <clears throat> it would say, "This is a test." For the next sixty seconds, we'll be conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting network. If this were to be an actual test, you'd be informed. That you, how many guys could I probably recite that at my age? Because every Saturday morning, every cartoon, it was interrupted by ah, and you're enjoying your life. You're in your pajamas. Everything's good, and then ah, and it feels like. Like, this is a test. It feels like that the season they're in right now is like this test of the emergency broadcasting system. Can we connect with God? Can God connect with us? Can we connect with, with one another? Can we connect who we are to the needs that exist? Can we be humble enough to ask for things that we need? Like, this is a test. The season they're in right now is, is yes, it's hard. Yes, it's, it's brutal on some. Yes, it's been frightening to all. Yes, there's been temptations and struggles. But, but hear me. How many guys wish that you knew the answers to the test and the questions that were going to be asked on the test in advance? How many guys think you'd do better on this test in your faith, in your walk with the Lord, in your, in your position in the community? How many guys think that if you knew what was really being asked of you and you really knew the answer to those questions, you, you would do better? That's what we're here to do today. We're here to talk about what are the questions. We're going to be looking at a series called Church in the Wild, and we're doing a series where we really ask, like, where, where everything changed, what did God's people do? What was their reaction? What questions did they ask? What answers did they employ? What risks did they take? And, and what did God do in response to that? So the place we're going to start today is by talking about faith. I really believe this, guys. The most important thing to protect right now in your heart, in your home, in your conversation, and the most important thing for you to activate right now is your trust in God. It's faith. What is faith? What's it do? What's it look like? It's something that we use in our, in our Christian vernacular a lot. You know, just have faith, or faith changes things, or, you know, does he have enough faith to overcome this, or do I have the faith to get through this? We're going to talk about faith because I think it's important to really drill down into one core understanding of what God means when God says faith. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, let's read there together. Now, faith is confidence. Wherever you are, say it with me. Faith is confidence. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, and it's assurance about what we do not see. And it says this is what the ancients, those who are going to be looking at in the weeks to come, this is what they were commended for. When they faced their moment, their trial, their plague, their pestilence, their war, their famine, what they did was this. He says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. The word confidence and the word hope. Let's just get into that for a moment in the original languages. I won't bore you with what these words mean in, in the original language or what, how they sound because I butchered anyway. But this is what those words mean. Confidence means foundation. 
it, it means is I'm looking at like a, a chair or something that I'm going to put weight on. Does that, does that foundation have what it takes to support the weight of what I'm going to put on it? Now, faith is the foundation. Faith is the confidence. Faith is, is this, this thing that goes down at least 36 inches past the frost line. It's filled with concrete and rebar that I know I can build a house on. Faith is, is you know, made out of plastic in, the, in this case with a little, you know, lightweight nothing. Does this have the substance needed to support the weight of, of what I'm going to put on it. Faith is the substance, the confidence, the foundation of things we hope for. And let's talk about hope for a minute because I really like, like dial into what I'm saying right now. Look at my face. Do not lose your hope. Faith is made out of hope. And hope is this. Hope is this, um, this, this waiting with full expectation and full joy that God is working on your behalf. Hope, hope is, I don't know, but I hope. I, I, I don't have evidence, but I hope. It's just there's something deeper than the facts in my faith that produces hope. And there's something deeper in my hope that actually gives my faith something. I, I think this is true. Look it up, research it, let me know, get back to me. But I think when hope matures and grows up, it actually is faith. It's, it's, I know how good God is, and I think that he can, becomes I know how good God is, and I know that he will. So we start with hope. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, and it's the assurance. It's, it's the known. It's the I get it. I, it's evident. I, it's real to me of what I do not see. So faith sees things that are invisible, believes things that are impossible, touches things that are intangible. This is nothing new. We, we talked about this for years because the room in which I'm standing right now was once a field. But someone had faith, someone had hope, someone believed that if, that if we needed a place for us to meet in and we needed a house of, uh, of, of the Lord in this community, that, that we could put our faith in God and by putting the weight on this, this would be able to, to hold it. We trusted that we had God's plan. We trusted that we'd heard God's voice. We trusted that we had God's people in unity. We trusted. So how do you know that? Well, you don't know it until you do it. You don't know if that chair can hold me until I sit down in it and I'm not sitting down in it yet. So it's just a stool. It weighs, it weighs nothing. It's lightweight. But, but this chair doesn't have the substance for which I hope for. Does it, is there evidence? And I, I don't know, will it hold me or won't? But faith wouldn't sit down unless it believed. I trust that it has what I need to support the weight I'm going to put on it. Now, the weight in your life right now, you got to have hope. Do not lose hope. But the evidence says otherwise. The evidence says I'm going to lose my house. The evidence says we're out of money. The evidence says I won't be hired back. Hear me. There's an evidence and I'm not saying forget about it, don't pay attention to it, but don't ever let evidence of bad news be greater than the evidence of the good news. You have a God. He's the creator and sustainer of all things. He has been through every famine. He's been through every recession. He's been through every hard time with every living soul from Adam and Eve till today. God's really good at this. And so you can put your hope in the one who can change things. You can put your faith in the one who is stable and solid and foundational. So uh, in other words, you guys I say it this way, I know God's got this, and I'm excited to see his answer to my need. That's what faith, that's what hope looks like. I, I know God's got this faith, and I'm excited to see his answer in my need. That's hope. God's going to get us through. God's going to get you through. God's going to get the world through this crisis. And, and having faith, that foundational element in your life, that is the test. And the answer is Jesus. 
That is the test. Like the test we're being tested. We're not being tested in our finances. We're not being tested in our government. We're not being tested in our, our emergency broadcast network. We as the church, we as the world right now are being shaken so that what cannot be shaken loose will remain after the shaking's over with. Well, what, what is it that can take the shaking? It's the stuff that's bedrock. It's the foundational. It's the, it's the, the, the hope, the faith, the trust in who God is, what God does, and what he will do in your life and in mine. So hear me, guys. Faith, faith is centered on a person. And this is so important because I think sometimes we equate faith with with a lack of doubt. I, I see a lot of doubting in faith. I, I see a lot of uh, Jesus comes to a woman who needs a miracle, and he says, if you believe, this will happen. She says, I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. So here, I do believe, and I have unbelief. Well, which, which one's true? Well, one's facing the facts of a medical situation, and one's facing the Messiah who's over all things factual in something greater than facts called truth. So she says, I, I do believe. I, I do see that you're the way. I do see that you're the truth. I do see that you're alive. But I also see evidence that says that I need a miracle. I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. So faith is centered on a person, not a methodology, not a religion, not luck, not positive mental attitudes, not optimism. Faith is based on a person. Like, like be careful in your verbiage because I think sometimes we can sincerely end up in the wrong place. Like, like God is love. Love is blind. Stevie wonders God. Like, how do we get there? Well, logically, God is love. True or false? It's true. Love is blind. I, okay, it's, it seems like a, we've heard that before. It's not in the Bible, but it sounds like a good medium for a country western song. You know what I mean? So therefore, Stevie wonder is God. It's like, no. How do we get there? And the answer is logically one step at a time. So when we say things like prayer works, the power of prayer Prayer changes things. I'm, I'm concerned because prayer doesn't work. God works in response to our prayers. The power of prayer, I'm concerned about that because prayer doesn't have power. The one we speak to, the relational element of prayer is where the power is. So <clears throat> I prayed to someone I don't know and nothing happened, therefore he must not exist is, is, the, is the wrong theology. I spoke to the God that I know exists and I showed him what my needs were and I entrusted them to him. My hope is in him. My faith is in him. It's completely different. Do not pray to someone you don't know. I, and I, I don't, this is not like I besmirch any other religious tradition, but, but Buddhists pray, and Muslims pray, and atheists pray. I used to be an atheist. I, I would say an occasional prayer. I, I was more to myself or to the universe, but everybody prays. You know, if right now you're facing the end of your life, you may not know who to pray to, but you're praying. There's, there's an old saying in the military that there's no such thing as an atheist in foxholes. When you're getting shot at and those, those AK-47 rounds are peowing off your sandbags, you realize, like, oh, God, you've got to get me out of this. And I didn't believe in God five minutes ago, but now my life is on the line. I, I, I'm praying. So don't just pray. Pray to someone you know. Me saying to an empty room, I need you, accomplishes nothing. Me saying to a friend, I need you, accomplishes what, what the need is. You saying to the sky, to the universe, to the ground, to Buddha, to Muhammad, I need you. you talking to dead people, talking in the empty space, but talking to a living, risen Savior named Jesus. He's listening. Pray, pray, pray. Believe, believe, believe. Now look at how personal this gets. Back to Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse 6. It says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, and I underline the word God there, because anyone who, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that 
He rewards, rewards those who diligently seek him. Look how personal that whole line is. Let me read it again. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Five times in one sentence, we come back to a person, not the force, not luck, not optimism. Five times. If you want to know how to please God, it starts with approaching him, believing him uh, as if he exists, you know, trusting him in your heart, that faith, that's what it is. Faith is not the absence of doubt. If you're going through doubt right now, I can't pray until the doubt's gone. I can't move until the fear's gone. Hear me, guys. I, I've done so many things in faith while afraid. I think Joyce Meyer said it years ago. You know, if you can't do it, you know, because you're afraid, just do it, do it afraid. I, I'm telling you, being thrown into a lion's den, being chucked into a fiery furnace, being crucified on a cross. These are fearful things. Jesus is sweating and drops of blood. Capillaries are bursting and, it, and he's, he's sweating in the garden. Drops of blood. Like to say, well, I, you know, until I don't have any fear, until there's no anxiety, until there's no emotional response, I don't have faith. That's not true. That's not true at all. People that went to work today in the emergency rooms trusting God, being surrounded by this virus, they went there afraid, but they went there trusting God. If they, if they didn't trust God, they, they couldn't go. But they're going because they trust God into these places. You reaching out to your neighbor, you sharing your faith, you liking this, that other people that know you might know that you are part of this might be scary to you. Don't wait until there's no fear to be obedient. Do it afraid if you have to because faith does it regardless of feelings. Faith isn't about um, believing just simply factual evidence. Faith is about a person. It isn't about I believe this or that. It's about I trust you. God, I trust you. Faith is trusting who God is and what God does as the greatest trust amongst all other options. Think about this as you face your future. This is a, a simple but, but wonderfully profound principle. I'm not saying it's easy, but everybody can understand this. Trusting God, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, equals pleasing God. How do you please God? How do you, I, as I get older and... Uh, uh, I, I, my parents, how do I get them what they need for Christmas? How do I get them? How do I, how do I see their faces like and go, oh, yeah, I'm 84 and I've never had one of these before. <laughs> you know, the Jelly of the Month Club, the weighted blanket, the, you know, the subscription to, you know, to whatever magazine. Or, it, it just, it's hard to do that, right? So how do, how do you please God who has everything? If it's hard to please your 80-something-year-old parents, how do you please God who has everything? And this is the simple simple, beautiful principle that, that the writer of Hebrews points out for all of us to enjoy all these years later. Just trust him. When you have faith in God, it pleases him. And without faith, everything that happens outside of faith is unpleasing to God. Everything that begins with that foundation, that rock, that I trust, everything that happens from there is pleasing to God. Isn't that interesting? We, we've, we've fallen into... If we're not careful, we've fallen into the mindset that if I don't smoke and I don't chew, I don't run with girls that do, I don't watch R-rated movies, and I wear shorts of a certain modest length, and I, and I don't cuss, and I don't, like, we're pleasing to God. The Bible really speaks a lot more about how to please God and not abstaining from things that are bad by loving him and trusting him. You really want to make God happy? You want to be on his, on his you know, top 10 list? And I, I, I'm being facetious, but you hear me you got to trust him. you got to love him, and you got to trust him. If you love God and you trust God, it doesn't matter what you're afraid of. Just move in the love. 
Move in the trust, and you'll find yourself pleasing to the Lord. Now, now back to this chair here. So, um, will it sustain me, or won't it sustain me? I, you know, I'm, I'm not some strong man. This thing weighs half a pound, right? So I, I look at this, and I go, will that sustain me? Faith goes, I think, I believe, I see, I've assessed, and now I believe that this will support my weight. Now watch what happens. I'm going to put my weight on it, and it holds me up. Faith in this chair caused me to sit in the chair. Now this is, this is what the writer of Hebrews does from here, and it's brilliant. When he exposes that faith is important and that faith is the way to please God, for the rest of the chapter, he exposes us to dozens of people's lives who sat in the chair called faith. He talks about Noah. He talks about Enoch. He talks about Moses and Abraham and Isaac. He talks about Jesus. He talks about how everyone who sat in a chair that looked like maybe it could hold you, maybe it doesn't, maybe it will, maybe it won't, but they put their faith in it. They put their weight on it. It supported them. Now, you may sit here and say, I don't know if that's going to support you or not, but what if I got somebody in here that was twice my size, and they sat down on this, or twice your size, and they sat down on this? Would you begin to believe that this chair could support you? Isn't it funny how the writer of Hebrews doesn't just say, believe God. He says, believe God, and look at all of those who sat in this chair. Look at the greats. Look at the weight it's supported through the centuries, through the millennia. Those who trusted God He's, he's held them up. He's supported them. He's helped them through their time. He was in their lion's den. He was in their Red Sea. He was in their fiery furnace. He was in their torture and their imprisonment. He was with them through famines and war and pestilence. And, and those who didn't sit in this chair, who knows where they went, but those who sat in this chair had a stable foundation. Faith is the evidence. It's the foundation of the things we hope for. It's the assurance of the things we don't yet see. And so my point to you today is, is just simply this. Um, man, listen to what he says in chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Hear me. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes where? On Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the, he's the producer. He's the writer. He's the director of our faith. Wherever you are and whatever you're facing today, I'm sure that I understand the vast majority of what you're going through because I'm going through it too or I've been through it before. But I know there's people out there right now you're facing stuff I've never faced. The, even though the question, the dynamics, the circumstances change, what, what hasn't changed is this place of rest, this place of peace, this place of faith, place of hope you know this music is playing behind us today and I just I just sitting here right now just feeling the Holy Spirit move wherever you are as a family in your car um, in your office in, in the den um, you know at the grocery store wherever you are if you're listening to this there, there's a simple thing um, there's a simple question and it's this, will you, will you walk in such a way as to have to support everything and it's all yours, there's no place of rest, or will you do what Noah and Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Jesus have done and just say, I will, I will put my rest, I will put my faith, I will put my hope in one place because I know 
that he can support me. I know that he can, can care for me. I cast all my cares on the Lord because he cares for me. If you're hearing this today and you're not right with God, man, what, what a lousy time to be distant from him. What a beautiful time to be close to him. Um, if you don't know him, then you say, how can I find that chair? That, that chair, that place of rest, it's Jesus. Jesus says, and, and history has affirmed countless times that, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can come to the Father. No, there is no heaven for you. There is no rest for you on earth without him. He is the door. He is the key to the door. He is the one who, by living a sinless life, dying a death, a substitutionary death for my sins and for yours, has paid for everything we owe to God in the form of justice. When I did things that were just so bad in my past, there's just no way to just say I'm sorry for them. When I've hurt people, when I've um, physically hurt them, financially hurt them, emotionally hurt them, spiritually hurt them, in my addictions, in my atheism, in my homelessness, there there was just seasons where I used everyone, anyone who got close to me. And I'm just here to tell you this. I can't pay them back. I don't even know where they are. The people whose cars I hit in the parking lot and then just drove away. Um, The people who I took away things that can never be replaced. There's no words that will express a sorrow for them to say it's cool. So if that's the case in this human realm, how much more the divine? I had to come to God and say, God, I need you because there's no way for me to ever rest. There's no way for me to ever be at peace. There's no way out for me unless it's mercy. And when I realized that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die in my place to pay my debt, it changed everything just like it can change your everything right here, right now. I don't know what the future holds, neither do you, but I know that I've got this place of rest. I know I've got this place that can support my needs, my, my fears, my hopes, my dreams. I know that I have a future because the one in which I've put my hope is stable. He's solid, he's immovable, and he loves you. If you're not right with God, just in these closing moments of this, I just, wanna, I just want you to say to the Lord, you know, I need you right where you are, right now. Just out loud in your heart, I need you. Whatever separates my heart from yours needs to go away, and I believe that you're big enough to take it away. What you're doing is you're taking your life from your place back to his place where you belong, that place of rest. I, I put my hope on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but holy rest on Jesus' name. That's from a hymn called uh, The Solid Rock. On Christ the Solid Rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I, I, would just, I would just say to you right now, guys, regardless if you need mercy, forgiveness, salvation, deliverance, freedom, Jesus is that place to put all that weight. He can sustain you. He can take it away. He can make you uh, a lighthouse in a dark place. But beyond that, If you're here and you're like, man, I just don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the future holds. It's corny. It's cheesy. But hear me because it's important. We don't know what the future holds. But faith says we know who holds the future. And that is enough. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. I know that we're going to get through this. I know that I know that God has it all in his hand, in his time. I know that we can trust him. This isn't heaven, but this isn't hell either. There's that place in between where a lot of good stuff and a lot of bad stuff are doing this in our lives right now. And I encourage you with all my heart, trust in the Lord. Put your hope in him.
but your faith in him. And he will see you through this to the other side. Let me pray for you. And then uh, we'll have some time just to kind of reflect on, on the words today and put them to practice. Uh, Father, I pray for my friends today all over the world, God, that you would bless them with just a holy peace, a holy, holy peace, a holy hope and love, a trust for you would well up inside of them, God, that they, they would trust you regardless of fear. They would trust you regardless of evidence. They would trust you above every circumstance, every malady, every pestilence, everything, God, that they would trust you above every other thing that has a name. The name of Jesus is the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that it is Jesus that is Lord. Not a virus, not an economy, not war. What is Lord on this earth is Jesus Christ, and we just declare your lordship over us now as we put our full weight on the foundation of who you are. We trust you, and we'll see you soon. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Great things coming up in the days to come. We're going to continue this series. I want to call it Going Viral. But it was, it was, that's not a good idea. So Church in the Wild, part two, next Sunday. Bible studies throughout the week. Take good care of each other. Take good care of your community. We're praying for you. If you need anything, 810-629-5261. It's our phone number. We will answer it or we will get back to you very soon. And we will help you through whatever. Because it's time for the church to come together. God bless you. And we'll see you again very soon.